I'm Marianne Kolbasek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. I met him speaking with Andrew Hicks, Healthcare Practice Lead at security consulting firm Coalfire. Andrew will be speaking to us about recent health data breach trends and the lessons that should be learned from them. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Marianne. So now, health insurers seem to be a big target lately for hackers, considering the recent Anthem breach and the Primera breach. Why do you think the health insurers in particular are being targeted lately, and what do you think the hackers are after? Well, I think, first of all, I don't think it's necessarily the insurance companies. I think it's the healthcare industry as a whole. We've kind of been seeing, uh, obviously, the, the public sector, the retail space. Those have been heavily hit in the past with the Targets and the Neiman Marcuses and Sally's and so on and so forth. I think it's just a matter of time, and we're seeing that now where the healthcare industry is more targeted. We know that, you know, generally the healthcare industry is less budgeted from a IT security perspective. So I think it's just easy pickings at this point and just that migration to EPHI, which obviously carries a higher value than credit card data. Now, do you think healthcare providers might be next on the list of hacker attacks? I think it's anywhere where hackers can cause disruption. I think that's really what it's all about. I don't think it's really about the PHI here. I think it's really about just causing disruption, panic amongst uh, consumers and utilizers of these health networks. Now, in the wake of these large breaches involving Anthem and Primera, do you think there'll be an uptick in the kinds of like ID theft and fraud that we see? you think these IDs might end up on the black market, or what do you think might happen next? It's only a matter of, of time before we really truly find out. I think what we are waking up to is the fact that healthcare organizations, both covered entities and business associates, are now realizing that you know chasing compliance isn't good enough, and we've talked a lot about the difference between security and compliance, and even now we're seeing security isn't enough. It's about proper risk management, enterprise risk management, to really truly understand what the threats are out there, what the threat actors are, and how we can best protect against those. So we know it's going to happen. It's a matter of time, but it's a matter of how we uh, respond with our instant response plans to counteract those, those attacks. Despite the threat of hackers, like we just discussed, insiders are usually the biggest culprit in most health data breaches, whether it's lost, unencrypted mobile devices, record snooping, you know, ID theft like we were just talking about, but involving the insiders. While healthcare entities are busy worrying about the hackers, what should they be doing better to prevent the insider breaches? Where are the weak spots still? So it's the same as what OCR has been communicating for really years at this point. It's it's proper risk management, risk analysis. It's proper training. Obviously, encryption is a is a basic element that a lot of organizations still struggle with. So those are just fundamental things that companies really need to understand. I mean, they add a, a tremendous amount of value, especially from the insider perspective, making sure people are educated, they're aware of policies, they know how to safeguard their data, especially when they're uh, remote or traveling. So those are just basic elements of a part of good, solid information security management. Now, when it comes to information security management, where do you see healthcare organizations neglecting things the most? What is it that they're not doing? What should they be doing? And what is it that they're ignoring? I think a lot of them are still struggling with that they're trying to just be compliant. So they want to check the boxes and they do these, you know, quick passive activities to get where they need to be. So they they still see it as a checklist and really it's much more than that. So how about medical devices? Do you see organizations paying enough attention to the cybersecurity of their medical devices? And what should they be doing with those? 
They should certainly keep them in scope from a just a HIPAA compliance and IT security perspective. The hospitals that we've been in, a lot of them don't include them as part of their compliance programs, and therefore, you know, obviously they have a lot of data on them. They're very remote uh, or capable. They can be easily uh, taken off premise, and a lot of them don't incorporate encryption. They're they're working off a legacy system. So we are seeing a lot of uptick in the amount of awareness about medical devices, but still getting making sure they're in scope for your security programs, your compliance programs are are a must at this point. Now, when it comes to medical devices, do you see confusion among healthcare organizations not knowing if they're responsible for the cybersecurity? Is it the manufacturer of the devices that are supposed to be keeping up with patches and those other things that could cause an issue? Yes, there's absolutely a lot of confusion there. Is it really the, the manufacturer's responsibility? Is it the, the purchaser's responsibility? And there's a lot of you know variations in there. If, if I'm a hospital buying medical devices and I go in and change the configurations, obviously I've not re-engineered this device. It's my responsibility to make sure it's secure. Um, so there's still a lot of confusion around ultimately whose responsibility it is upon purchase, getting those requirements, those hardened configuration settings built into the devices. It's not as simple as just buying a device and assuming it's secure. You have to take preventative measures on top of that. Now, business associates, vendors, and their subcontractors are often involved with major health data breaches. What are those vendors doing wrong? Where are they still weakest when it comes to protecting PHI? So vendor management is a huge, huge hot topic right now. According to the HIPAA regs, they say covered entities should obtain satisfactory assurances from their business associates. And so what we're seeing is a lot of BAs are out there. They're still kind of chasing that compliance thing again that I talked about. They're not really doing the due diligence to make sure that, yes, I am fully HIPAA compliant, even more so IT secure. So the onus there is on the BAs. We're going to see a lot more breaches, I think, on behalf of the business associates just because of that simple fact. They're not aware. They're just kind of relating to it. It's, it's a line of business for them, and so they're just doing what they need to do. They're signing the BAs without actually putting in these strong IT security programs. Why do you think that's the case? Are they not getting the needed pressure by their covered entities to be doing what they should be doing? Is it the covered entities don't even know what the business associates should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to the PHI? I think that's a, a big factor of it. A lot of the covered entities, they're, they're slowly waking up here. We see a lot of the big players are requiring their business associates to go through high-trust certification. They're asking the probing questions about risk management, risk analysis, evidence of compliance. They're asking the right questions. It's just a lot of them still are very elementary. They don't know who their BAs are, for example. They're working off of old signed business associate agreements that just aren't up to date. So there's still a lot of, you know, just simple vendor management that's missing as part of that, that overall compliance picture. What can health entities do to ensure that their BAs are taking adequate steps in protecting PHI? They absolutely need to have an inventory of them. They need to know who their BAs are. They need to maintain constant communication with them and understand what are you doing with my data? How much data is it? What are the safeguards you have in place to protect it? They need to be asking those questions and and not just taking uh, verbal responses. They need to be seeing evidence of full-fledged risk management programs, breach notification procedures. There's more to it than just signing the BA and saying, yeah, we're good to go. Now, going back to breaches for a moment, it seems that often it takes months for organizations to realize that they've even been breached. As the Primera breach showed, it took months to even know that they were breached. Why is that, and what should organizations be doing to improve their breach detection? So they have, by by law, they have 60 days once they detect the breach. Obviously, it's in their best interest to gather the forensics, the evidence to fully support, at least from a OCR standpoint, there's due diligence from the patient 
operational side as well, obviously, in terms of reporting. So obviously having a strong incident response plan. Again, I've seen a lot of uh, organizations where they have a one-page, two-page document that speaks to that. It's way, way, way more extensive than just a, a document. It's got to be tested. The process got to be defined, implemented, and, and awareness actually has to take place as well in the organization. How can they improve the actual detection of, say, a finding that they've been breached? Why is it so difficult for some organizations to even know that they've been breached until... You know, I don't know if they stumble upon it or if somebody else finds out about it and tells them, but there seems to be some difficulty there. Right. So from a technology standpoint, there are a lot of tools out there to help support that, logging, monitoring solutions, and so on, so on and so forth. From a from a people standpoint, again, back to the whole training uh, aspect, employees need to be need to be well aware of if I lose my laptop, what do I do? I have to report that to somebody. They need to know who that person is. Any suspicious activity needs to be reported, and it's all back to training, strong policy enforcement, and making sure people have that right level of attention to where they report suspicious activity. Do you think that organizations spend enough time with their audit logs? Do they spend enough time trying to look into things that might be suspicious, or do you think the audit log is there and they really never look at it sometimes? I think for those that are going at it from a compliance standpoint, absolutely uh, inefficient. They're just looking for, they might be checking their logs once a month, twice a month, whatever. It's not It's not uh, sufficient. Those that are actually have the strong security programs in place, they have those strong logging and monitoring activities. They can provide evidence of that. So again, that's back to where we were before. They, they really need to have those, those measures in place, defined by policies and procedures, implemented, evidence. Those are all things of, uh, of a good mature IT security program. Thanks, Andrew. I've been speaking to Andrew Hicks of Coal Fire. I'm Marian Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.